What do you do when you know all the rules, you have the education, you've got all the information you could ever need to be a healthy person, but you still can't make it work? You find yourself saying all the time, I know what I should be doing, I just can't do it. Well, you might just need to untrain your brain and think about things completely differently. And my guest today is Jamie Lefchoy, a mom of two little kids who's also a registered dietitian and is married to a physical therapist. So you'd think she'd have it all figured out and have great healthy habits and never need a coach. But that just wasn't the case. She had to completely untrain her brain and dismantle a lot of what she had learned from her nutrition background and from her years of intense training to finally become a mom that was healthy in a sustainable way, which is, I know, exactly what you want. So even if you're not a professional in the health industry, this discussion and the mindset work we're going to talk about is extremely relatable to your life right now. I can't wait for you to hear this. Hey friend, my name is Megan Dahlman. As a certified trainer and nutrition coach, I'm on a mission to change the conversation around fitness, nutrition, and taking care of ourselves as moms. If you're tired of restrictive fad diets and all or nothing workouts, in a culture that tries to sell you the lie that your value is tied to the number on the scale, then you're in the right place. I'm here to equip and encourage you to take simple steps towards the healthy life you want for yourself and the people you love. Welcome to Self-Care Simplified. Well, hey, Jamie, welcome to the podcast today. I'm really excited to have you on because I think this conversation is, is we're going to touch on some good things today, and I think it's going to be really good, really good. I'm excited. Well, okay, first of all, you're a registered dietitian, and you're married to a physical therapist, and I feel like that makes you guys like this, this power couple. <laughs> Like the self-care power couple, right? So we're going to talk more about that in a minute, but can you share more about your background in dietetics with us? Yeah, um, I became a dietitian in 2006, so it's been like over 15 years. um, I'm not currently practicing. I took a break when my daughter, my youngest, came along, but my So my training and really what I worked mostly in is what we call medical nutrition therapy. So a lot of, for lack of a better word, disease management. Um, I worked in a hospital and then I also um, contracted with a bunch of different physicians in the area. They'd have me go in and counsel their patients. So I worked in a cardiology office. I worked in a regular, you know, just a internal medicine doctor's office um and then i actually worked in my dad's office who's a urologist oh and i saw his kidney stone patients and prostate cancer okay so kind of like unique medical situations that required some nutritional therapies to help with it so not like your like everyday situation no okay so so this is where you know like your own background in nutrition like probably clashed with like your own everyday life in some ways, right? Yes. Yes, absolutely. It's funny because I was listening to the podcast episode that you did with Clara. Yes. Mm-hmm. Clara Colley. Who's also, mm-hmm. So good. Yeah. Who's also a dietitian. And the entire time she was talking, I was like, yep, yep, yep. Just like in regards to how she felt like her schooling almost kind of made it more 
disordered. Um, and it's true. And it's, I, I sometimes like, I joke around with my husband, how I feel like sometimes being a dietitian might've been the worst thing that ever happened to me. Um, and it's kind of like, I don't know if you've ever heard like medical students say, like when they first go into medical school, they become like, they think they have every disease known to man. It's kind of the same thing. Like I, I can't look at like a tomato is not a tomato to me. A piece of bread is not a piece of bread to me. It's like it never shuts off. Yeah. It's like this analysis of everything that goes into my mouth. Well, it's information overload. It's like, okay, you you know things to the nitty gritty that it no longer applies to real life. Like it no longer, you're no longer eating real food. You're eating like nutrients. You're eating minerals. You're eating. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and yes. I think that's why I'm really excited about this conversation because you have had to kind of work through so much mindset stuff, especially when it comes to nutrition, but even on the training side of things as with a husband who's a physical therapist, I know he's always been getting you to try to do things and, and you finally are. And I'm excited to chat about, you know, what was it that clicked for you? But you would feel like, you know, on the surface, like, all the cards are in your favor. Like you've got all the information in your back pocket. You should know what to do with nutrition, with healthy physical movements, and but that's not the case. And I think that's where a lot of us women feel stuck is where we have so much information that it's just actually not helpful. It's actually hindering our progress. So for you, let's dive into that a little deeper. How has all that information not worked in your favor? And how have you had to just kind of untrain your brain from the dietetics training and years of specified training? Well, first of all, you know, I know there's the 101 different diets and nutrition and different protocols. And, you know, when I work with a kidney stone patient, it's a different set of information than when I work with a cardiology patient or a diabetic. So it's, it is, it's information overload. And it's funny because you were thinking, when you were asking me some of these questions, I was really, really thinking about it. Um, It's very destination oriented. Okay. What do you mean by that? Meaning like when a patient comes to me, it's okay. What brings you in today? Well, my doctor said I need to lose weight. My doctor said my number, it's, there's like a specific goal Mm -hmm. at the end. And so a lot of what we do is, first of all, it's intense. You know, these protocols, I worked for um, a cardiologist who God love him. He would say to his patients, you need to meet with Jamie and I'm giving you three months. And if you can bring your cholesterol down with lifestyle, you don't have to go on medication. Otherwise we're putting you on medication, which was very progressive of him. Not a lot of physicians would do that, but to get someone's cholesterol down in three months, it's like, there's not a lot of wiggle room. Right. So it's, it's very, very focused, intense nutrition protocols, but then, and people can do that. That's not actually the hard part. What I found in my practice is it's the maintenance because a lot of my training is just that. Like this are the f- like steps that you do to get your numbers in these ranges. There wasn't a lot of emphasis on just lifestyle. And I, I'm fortunate 
I'm, I don't have medical issues. So the day-to-day -day of just eating, it, it, that, there's no train, I wasn't trained in that. And it, that is almost where I've had to kind of train my, like, how do you eat just to live? Yeah. You're like, I know exactly what to do if I've got a kidney stone. Sure. Like, I know what to do, like, if my cholesterol is off the charts, but what do I do? And, you know, if I have a three-month time frame here, but what do I do to just be a healthy person from here on out and not be so hyper-focused and obsessive about it? And it's almost like it turns into this all-or-nothing thing in a way, right? You're, it always, it almost always comes back to that, especially for us women that have that information overload. It's like, well, I got to do all of this to such an extreme extent, or I do none of it. So did you find yourself kind of on the none of it side a lot? I would, I would bounce from one extreme to the other. Yeah. And it, and it, and because I'm trained on a quote unquote program, I would like either follow a program or design a program and stick to it like diligently, like for 30 days. Yeah. And then I'd be like, okay, that was great. I did it for 30 days and then go the other extreme. So what do you feel like was the specific like mindset around diet and even exercise that you had been missing all along it, with all that training? Like what was, what do you think was the mindset that was missing for you? Probably just the, how the, the mindful piece of it, mm. like, how is this affecting my body? You know, um, like I said, you know, as, as a normal living, breathing, healthy, now 41 year old, you know, what are, what are my rules for lack of a better word? You know, um, cause it's interesting. Like I remember I have a girlfriend who is like the healthiest, fittest person I know. She's in South Africa now on a running program like they run 10 <laughs> miles a day oh my goodness it's ridiculous and her lunch every day since the day I've met her is a turkey sandwich oh interesting and it's so funny to me because I like my brain does not compute a turkey sandwich as a like as a lunch sure if that makes sense you know it's yeah. like no 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 it needs to be a salad with like x y and z and you know, 10 different colors and this much protein. And, and, and the question is, is that, is that true? Mm -hmm. Is that true? Do, do I need that? Like, just because my training tells me I should eat a salad for lunch. I don't like that. Like, you they don't, don't like satisfy it. me. Yeah. No. no, I don't feel satisfied. It's easy to go to the extreme and be like, I have to check all these boxes when it comes to a meal. And you turn your brain off and you just follow rules. And that's not eating. That's not fun. And someone who you look up to is really a healthy person is simply eating a, a lunch every day that works for her and that she actually enjoys and doesn't have to overthink it. And yeah, you'd overthink overthought it for so long and so it's like that paralysis a little bit yeah yeah exactly and then as a, I, I joke around it and I say this all the time I want to take back everything I ever recommended before I had children because <laughs> like um I you know it is it's this all or nothing mentality and so 
and you know I have a you know the, I have a doctor as like anyone else and I've been having some hormonal health stuff and she's like you're a dietitian you of all people should know how important nutrition is and I said to her I was like hey uh, just so you know having an RD after my name doesn't change the fact that I've been with a toddler all morning she's down for quiet time I have an hour to myself just because I have a master's degree in nutrition does not make me want to go make a salad. Right. Like, we're going to take a nap and watch a Hallmark movie. Yeah. And I would just rather not eat at all if I can't do it the right way. And I'm doing air quotes oh, for sure. your listeners. Yeah. Do you feel like you'll have, like, you have to navigate through this guilt of, I have an RD after my name. I should be a better eater than this. And in that void sits this layer of guilt of I'm not doing enough. Do you feel that? Yes. Yes. And that is actually, that's to be, to like circle back to the original question you asked me. That's a lot of the untraining. Mm. Like that I've kind of had to detox myself from. So the, it, it almost like now I'm, I'm trying to figure out like, how do I retire my dietitian brain and just be a normal person who eats food to fuel her body. Yeah. So was mindfulness the key? Like is is that piece the the thing that was missing you mentioned that was was this the key to your success or is it kind of a progressive key to your success? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. I'm in a season now, you know, my my littlest is three. She goes to preschool. I feel like I, I, I have a little bit more space now where I'm not so much in survival mode. So this last year has definitely been a lot more paying attention, being in tune. Like, how do things make me feel? How does, the, how does my body respond to this? What do I need for this? Um, and it goes back to, I think, that that lifestyle piece, which I think is missing from a lot of programs, mm -hmm. a lot of a lot of my training is is n not necessarily like, how do I lose 10 pounds or how do I get my cholesterol within a normal range? But how do I fuel my body and feel good on a day to day basis? Yeah. Well, there's and a, I feel like yeah. that is what's going to keep you going, at least for me. That mindset shift has made the day-to-day -day different. Well, it sounds like it required almost taking a, like removing a time frame out of it. Because boy, uh -huh. like so many other workout programs out there are like, this is a, you know, a 30-day intensive. This is, you know, a 21-day, we're going to fix your nutrition. Like all, everything has this like really firm time frame and it's go as hard as you can within that time frame and try to accomplish as much change as possible within that time frame. And so to step outside of, you know, and even in your professional training that everything had this really intense time frame. So to suddenly have that completely removed and there's almost like no finish line whoa that feels so different is it scary though in a way does it feel like you are kind of floundering at times like i don't have like a time frame here hmm. <laughs> it was in the beginning um it was definitely a struggle um 
especially with the fitness part. Ah, okay. Talk to me about that. Yeah. So I don't like to work out. I just, <laughs> <personally>, <laughs> like, I just don't. It's not that I don't like it. it. It's getting more enjoyable. I realized I was doing it the wrong way, thanks to you. Because I would, I, again, it's like go big or go home. Right. And um, so I was like, I, I don't even know if I would call myself an athlete in high school, but I did all the sports. I danced. I did cheerleading and all that. And then when I, that was not part of my curriculum, so to speak, it, that it never, I was never able to get on a good exercise regime through college. Um, first of all, again, it was, the, I, I never associated exercise as like a day-to-day just being healthy. Mm-hmm. It was always attached to an end goal in mind. Yeah. You exercise to lose weight. You exercise to get your cholesterol down. You exercise to keep your blood sugars under control. And if you can't relate to any of those outcomes, at least for me, there was no motivation. So then I worked for, I was a dietitian for a marathon training team. Interesting. And I will say, like, if I could look back, I could, there's like two time points in my life where I can genuinely say I was in the best shape of my life. And one of them was when I was working for this marathon training team and people would ask me like, oh, what do you do to, to train? And I'm like, oh, I've never run a marathon, so I probably should. <laughs> so yeah. there was that end goal in mind. I am training for a marathon mm. and there's like X, Y, and Z things that I need to do. And then once that marathon was over, I better have another marathon. I I needed to have another marathon that I was already signed up for. Otherwise, I just wouldn't. It wouldn't occur to me to run for the sake of running or work out for the sake of running. It was, I need to complete this marathon. Well, then I was in a car accident. And I'm not allowed to train for marathons anymore. Oh, boy. So it was like. Well, now what? Yeah. Yeah. I went a really long period of time where I wasn't exercising. And then I met my husband and he's the one who actually introduced me to weightlifting and strength training. And then it was the goal of, well, I want to look good in my wedding dress. Yeah. So you bet I was getting up at 7 a.m., going to the gym before work, like eating super clean, best shape of my life on my wedding day. Well, then the wedding's over. Mm-hmm. So again, where's my, you know, what's the goal? Yeah. Yeah. So always being like super goal oriented and, but then not knowing what to do when there is no goal. Um, Right. And not paying attention to like the process along the way. Yeah. I never paid attention. Like I never tuned into how did working out actually make me feel. It was, I just ignored all that because I was just focused on the goal. So did you realize later, like, some of those things didn't make me feel good? Like, maybe the marathon training, I mean, did it make you feel good, like, in the moment? Or, because I know in my past self, like, I've done, I've trained for marathons and ran marathons, and I look back, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, I was, I quote, unquote, you know, the best shape in my life, but I was also broken. I was miserable. Like, I did not enjoy or look forward to going out for my trainings and do you can you look back at that time in your life and be like uh I don't know if that was actually good yeah I can because I I 
part of the reason that I think the marathon was actually, it was harder on me than it needed to be was because I was horrible about doing my midweek runs. Oh. Again, show up for my group. I had to anyway. I was working, run with my group, long runs on Saturday, but left to my own devices during the week. I didn't like running. I wanted to interrupt things just real quick to share something really important and valuable with you. But before I do, I need to just acknowledge that yes, nutrition is a tough nut to crack, right? And that's not because you don't know how you should be eating. My guess is you already have a pretty good idea of what you should be doing. You just can't quite get yourself to do it on a consistent basis. And so the struggle, the everyday struggles with the food that goes in your mouth, it's real. The struggle is real. And because of that everyday struggle, a lot of the popular diets and trendy eating strategies can begin to look pretty enticing. They promise big solutions and big changes, but there are also some pretty big, dangerous things that you're signing up for when you go down that road. So I wanted to share with you a free resource that has already helped hundreds of others with their nutrition. In this free download, which is beautifully designed, by the way, it looks awesome. I wanna walk you through the common pitfalls of the most popular eating trends and what you can do differently starting today to reset your nutrition and feel your absolute best. All you need to do is just head to vigeofit.com slash dangers or click the link in the show notes and you can just download it for free today. Again, go to vigeofit.com slash dangers or click the link in the show notes. It's probably going to be the very first step toward ending your food struggles. It's interesting. I feel like you're tapping into something that a lot of people really struggle with. And this is this concept of like, owning your own fitness journey, doing it for yourself, not doing it for a group, like an accountability group, not doing it for being able to cross the finish line and get the, the medal, not doing it for, you know, the, the number you see on the scale, but, but owning the journey every day because it just makes you feel good makes you feel better. It, it's such a struggle for so many women. It's like to get your mind to that place. And I remember we had a coaching call like, gosh, was it six months ago? I can't even remember. But we were chatting. You're like, at what point will this get easier? <laughs> Do you remember no, that? I, think I, I yeah. think I wanted to know at what point am I going to enjoy this? Oh, right. And you dropped a truth bomb on me. And it was actually very like you. You may not. Like you just, I think you said your husband still to this day does not like working out. No, he hates working out. Yeah, you just might never like it. And that's okay. Right. And I was like, oh, okay, okay. Because I think I was expecting like, when am I going to be Megan? (laughs) Like, when am I going to be like, working out is non-negotiable, like, that is does not come naturally to me. I don't know if it, I mean, I, I've, I've noticed I'm now tapping into what feels good about working out mm-hmm. and the link to my mental health and my hormone balance and all of that. That has been helpful, but I don't, I don't, I have to psych myself up to work out. Yeah. And that's, that's okay. Cause now I don't have that expectation. 
Yeah, it's this expectation of at some point, this is all going to get really easy and I'm not going to have to put out any mental effort for it anymore. And that is often just not the case. So lowering that expectation, realizing, you know, this, this might always be something that I have to fight for, but it will get easier in a sense if I start to enjoy the journey and not be so frantic about trying to cross a finish line at some point. Yes. Yeah. That was a very big mindset shift Yeah, for me. And I know that's taken you a while because you've been through Jumpstart 30 and Jumpstart 60 and Get Strong 30 and now you're in Get Strong X. And, and you, I would argue that you enjoy your workouts now more than probably you ever have, maybe? Am I wrong yes. in that? <laughs> yes. No, you are not wrong. Because the you the thing I love about you and your programs is it doesn't feel like I don't feel like I'm killing myself. Yeah. Yeah. Like the the progression of the workouts and again, that was another my, like for those that if anyone's done jump start 30, it's like the first workout, I'm like, all right, I did 10 squats. Like, woohoo. Yeah. Woohoo. But it, it is, it, it was. And even on like the um, the active recovery days, like you're, I love that you're constantly reaffirming like, hey, this may not feel like you're doing a lot because I'm not making myself throw up every day. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, maybe I'm not burning a thousand calories. But the way that you've explained how workouts and how it all fits together and now it got it gets to the point where because you've eased me into it, I can do a week four get strong thirty workout, and it's hard. It's yeah. challenging, but I'm not miserable. Right. While I'm doing it. Right. And that's the sustainability piece, and that's the piece that so many are are missing. It's like if I am going to show up for the workout, it's got to be training for a marathon. It's got to be moving like this big mountain. And that is simply not sustainable. And that's what you were craving all along is I just need a way to eat and a way to train that does not pound me into the ground every time and make me do things perfectly so that I can still show up and do this three years from now, four years from now, 15 years from now. And that balance is so important. You got to have those workouts where you're like, this is enough. Like, yeah, it's just the 10 squats and be okay in your mind to walk away from that and be like, that's enough because there is this really long time frame here. I don't have a 30 day time frame. Yeah. That's a hard mindset you, shift. Yeah. It is. It, I mean, it's, uh, we're, how long have I been working with you? A year? <laughs> <laughs> just getting started, girl. <laughs> just getting started. Yeah. And I still, you know, I get the workout piece. The nutrition is still, it's still like reprogramming. Mm -hmm. And I love how you habit stack things and make it small bite-sized amounts. And again, like it's, it's hard to have that, like just drinking water, like what? That's not going to do anything. But again, it's like, okay, I need to, you it's like you almost have to look at like where where am I going to be in a year from now? And I'm not like the 30 day programs where you're white not knuckling it through 30. Like you're not going to be doing that a year from now. So to me, it's almost what's what's the point? Like if you can't 
And that's what I have to constantly remind myself. If I can't be doing this day in and day out for the rest of my life, it's not worth doing. For sure. Because 30 days is not going to get, like, eating perfectly for 30 days is not going to get me anywhere. No, it's not. And if anything, it's just going to make you, after the 30 days, want to go immediately back to how you used to be eating. How do you, have you caught yourself, like your mindset slipping back into those old patterns? Are there moments or examples of like, oh man, I'm thinking my own like frantic self again, like where I got to, I got to push really hard and, you know, not have this sustainable mindset, the mindfulness mindset. Have you caught yourself with those old ways of thinking? I have in that, and and this might be just more of a personality thing. Like I'm a type A, like, and so when I get sick or something throws me off and I'm not following your program to the letter, that in the past has totally thrown me off. It doesn't so much now because now I understand And I'm not so like, okay, so this week I only got in two strength training workouts. Again, like I'm not going to be perfect, Mm -hmm. but I do find myself sometimes like, because I was supposed to start, I think we talked about this. I was supposed to start Get Strong X and I got sick. Right. And I remember feeling panicked. Like I'm not like, I'm going to be a week behind. Right. When there's no, it's my program. Yeah. There's like, that's not how it works. It's like. You're not sitting there like, you didn't do X, Y, and Z today. You got you to gotta start over then. You know, like, right. yeah. Yeah. Getting past the starting over mentality of like, oh, no, I didn't get, I didn't do it perfectly, so I better go back to the beginning. And that is just not the case at all. And But that is such a hard mindset shift in your mind to be like, I failed. I recognized like th- something happened that I didn't do everything the way it was meant to do. And so usually in our brains, our way of repairing that sense of failure is to just start over and to do it better the next time. But what we, I mean, like, how did that work for you in the past? (laughs) No. And the whole, like, I'll start over on Monday. Right. Oh my God. If I had a dollar for every time someone said that to me when I was counseling, it's like, well, no, start now. Right now. Start the next meal. Yeah. But, and I do find myself lately... Sometimes I will be like, well, I don't have time to fix a healthy meal, so I'm just not going to eat. Mm. And that, and I'm, and I will say, this is where I do think knowledge is power because I'm learning more about the day to day and how what I like eating enough food is going to impact my workout. I think that, you know, that is not something that was taught to me. And now I'm, you know, I'm 41 and I love this conversation now around rim- women, especially at this age For sure. and the exercising and what you eat during the day to fuel your workout. And so yesterday I, I, I was like making my daughter a turkey sandwich and I was like, I'm going to eat a turkey sandwich. <laughs> There's the turkey sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And a handful of grape tomatoes. And I'm like, protein, produce, check. Got it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But that's better than, but in it, it, my training was, if I'm not like, you can't eat carbs, you can't eat bread, if you want to lose weight, and and it's, yeah, it's just the programming that I'm working on. Yeah, but it's getting better. Well, let's talk more about 
exercise and, and mental health, because I know that this has been a strong connection and discovering that connection has been the key to actually enjoying exercise maybe a little bit more and being more consistent. So what is that connection for you between exercise and mental health? Yeah, it's become almost a non-negotiable, I will say now for me. Um, I struggle with really bad anxiety. Um, I have since having my first child. Um, and it gets to the point where like my anxiety triggers to then lead into depression. Okay. So, and I've, I've now, again, it goes back to the mindfulness piece. I can now just, I'm, I'm aware, like all of a sudden I'll notice certain behaviors where I shut down, where I'm watching too much TV. If I'm binging on sugar, I'm like, oh, okay. What, what is going on around me? Like what happened where, and I'm trying to trace it back. And, you know, doctors have been telling me for years, like exercise will help you manage your anxiety. But it's one of those things where you don't, it's almost like you have to start and then stop mm -hmm. to realize the effects. And, um, well, it's hard to hear that in the moment, you know, when you're in a low point, you know, when you're in a depressed state or anxious state, like you can't, it's so difficult to pull yourself up out of that moment. So you're right. It's almost like you have to have the routine going when you're in a good place and then it carries through for you when things go rough mentally. Yeah. And so I had a really good, like summer was, well, the first half of the summer, I, I just noticed like my anxiety was lower. I was more present with my kids. I was much more patient. And then I've, I've now just become aware, like, for example, rest days are actually really hard for me. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you built in a, a rest day every week. And I do notice that on rest days, I am I'm a little bit more irritable. I'm not as patient. Like, things feel a little off. And even doing Get Strong 30, the active recovery days especially in the summer when it was like 100 degrees outside. Like I, I, I was grateful for the days oh, where sure. I just had to foam roll and stretch. Yeah. But I, I, I'm noticing my body need, like now that we're getting into better weather, I'm in California, so winter is winter's winter lovely doesn't here. exist. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm like, I need to on my act. And you and I have talked about that. Like my active recovery days can kind of be my choose your own adventure. Right. And I need I need to add in a wall. I need to add in something that gets my heart rate up mm -hmm. because that's what kind of keeps my anxiety at bay. Yeah. But I I wasn't able to connect the two until I was kind of able to take a pause and try to kind of connect the dots and think, okay, what is what has happened? Like, why is it that I'll have a couple days where I feel fantastic? And Granted, a lot of it is also cyclical. Right. And if anyone hasn't listened to your podcast on your cycle and working out, that was life changing for me. And now kind of like that has been a big help. So I also can anticipate. But yeah, I just I've noticed I need to move my body and get my heart rate up and break a little sweat. Um, otherwise, the anxiety hops back in for sure. You're definitely not alone in that. I know so many women that are like the, 
and I would probably consider myself in that category too, not to, uh, you know, a, a true anxiety level, but the days that I don't have some sort of physical activity, like an intentional, a little bit more than just like a walk, but something like intentional physical activity, like I do have this low buzz of anxiousness or low buzz of like, uh, like, uh, you're more irritable, um, less present and it's just it makes a big difference but you don't know that until you experience what things are like when it is a steady part of your routine it's kind of like when you're working on your nutrition when you're working on eating better you don't know what your body would feel like without good nutrition until you've experienced good nutrition for a while well, that actually, that exact same thing happened to me with gluten. Like I've uh, always had the, I've always like, I, I shouldn't like my body and gluten do not agree. But again, I've always done the 30 days. Right. I'm going to go off gluten for 30 days. And then at the end of 30 days, I'm like, oh, I'm fine. Yeah. And then I'd eat it. And finally one day, this again is a mindset shift. I was like, I'm not giving myself a deadline. Like I am just going to go off gluten as long as I can go off gluten. Yeah. Like I'm just taking it day by day. And I went 90 days and then accidentally ingested it. Mm-hmm. And I felt horrible. Wow. Yeah. Like such a strong reaction that now, like, I don't need to think about it. I will never eat gluten again <laughs> because my body will have such a strong reaction. Yeah. And same with working out. Like it's gotten to the point now where I'm like, I, yeah, no, I, this need, like, I can't not work out yeah and it's almost I feel like you know if I could leave anybody with that message it's that's almost I wish there was more training and conversation around that and it's just doing it enough to get to the point where it's habitual and it feels better to do it than to not do it and I I I want you to just step back and recognize the words that came out of your mouth, you know, because I know that this is something that you probably would never imagine yourself saying of, I can't not work out. (laughs) And as someone who just hates working out, like it just the, the idea of it, you know, you are, you've been able to step over those feelings of, I just don't like it to the place of, that doesn't matter anymore whether I like it or not. It is something I must do because I because of how it makes me feel. And you've gotten to that point. And that's where, you know, you're joking like, I just, when will I turn into Megan? Like <laughs> that, that is when you do, you, when you get to the point where it's no longer a discussion or a conversation in your head of do I like it or not like it? And I'm going to do it whether I like it or not. Like that's when it's becomes non-negotiable and that's when it becomes just your life, which is an amazing place to be. Okay. I didn't prepare you for this, but I actually have a couple fun rapid fire questions before we sign off. Okay. So (laughs) now that you've been through all of your dietetics training and then now the other side of just good, sustainable, healthy eating, what has been the most helpful nutrition tip that you've ever learned? Protein. Protein. Focusing on the protein. Okay. And just making sure you're getting ample protein at every meal. There you go. I don't think that that is a conversation that is talked about enough. Yeah. I love it. I totally agree. 100%. Okay. What is your favorite Megan exercise? (laughs) I say Megan in quotes because it's what I've given you. Yeah. 
What's your favorite exercise? Um, the bear crawls to downward dog. <sighs> Those are magic. Yeah. Why do you love it? I feel so like the fact that I well, first of all, I love like it's like it's like a, I feel super strong and then it's a good stretch. Mm -hmm. But I just like I feel like a superwoman when I do them. Like I'm really impressed with myself yeah. that I can do them. And yeah. OK, I love it. What's your least favorite Megan exercise? <laughs> oh, the split squats where you you jump and then touch the ground oh the in and out squats yeah yeah it's like yes. a drop squat yep mm -hmm. yeah why do you hate them um probably because it's the one exercise that still makes me feel super out of shape okay yeah mm -hmm. like i'm like i still feel awkward when i do them and i'm like huffing and puffing afterwards <laughs> <laughs> it's the jumping things i know reminds me of my old self <laughs> they're just mean okay mm. Where do you see yourself three years from now with your fitness, your nutrition? Are you still doing this? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I want to. I yeah. I see myself like we're going to set up a gym, actually, my husband and oh, I. Oh, cool. We have a spare room yeah. where like it's a whole conversation. Yeah. No, I'm, ex I'm excited. I mean, I don't know what exercise I'm doing in three years, but I see myself being my girlfriend and being just a person that like can do anything I'm strong and yeah and do a, a race healthy, if you want healthy. to yeah not just because it's yes. a I have to and I gotta cross that finish line yeah yeah that's good okay to wrap up I always love leaving the moms with just one simple action step or piece of encouragement that they can put into place today so what is one simple thought or tip that has made the biggest impact in your life that you want to leave with the listener? Paying attention to how you feel mm. after you work out. Like take the day and just be mindful of like, how are you, how did it, and even like, and then compare it to a day when you don't work out. Mm -hmm. It could be the littlest things, but sometimes the littlest things are what is going to make that mindset shift in your brain to them be like, okay, I need to do this. So good. Like if for me, it was, I'm not yelling at my kids as much. Wow. Yeah. You have more patience, more calm, peace of mind. Yeah. So good. So good. Well, Jamie, I feel like this whole conversation is extremely relatable. <laughs> I think we touched on a lot of things that moms deal with like every day, especially these big mindset struggles. Because, man, if it was just, here's your program, go do it, <laughs> that would, we would all be exercising and eating healthy all the time and have no problem with it. But it's not that. There's a lot of talk. There's a lot of history. There's a lot of um, mindset things that we have to overcome. So thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. Wow, right? She was absolutely amazing. And I feel like this conversation is one that is worth listening to a couple of times. And I have a feeling you probably have a mom friend or two that would really be blessed by this interview as well. Think about it. One of your friends probably tagged you in a post or shared an episode of the show with you. And that's how you're now listening to this podcast and reaping the benefits of it week after week. And I think it's your turn to pass that on too. So if there's nothing else you do this week, at least go share it with a friend. 
All you have to do is just click the share icon in your listening platform and pass it along. Super simple. And hey, make sure you come back next week for some more self-care simplified. Until then, be strong. Be strong.